Welcome everyone to the Energy Medicine Summit. I am so honored and thrilled to introduce my dear friend, Kelly Kennedy, and we're going to be talking about what it means to be in the flow state. So welcome, Kelly. It's really exciting to interview you here today. Oh, thank you, Christine. I've missed you in our 24 hours. We haven't seen each other, and I'm so excited to be on this summit with you today and talking about energy medicine, our favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we connect on so many levels and not only bioregulatory medicine, but I love how bioregulatory medicine also brings in the bioenergetic perspective. And there's so many modalities and tools that we really help our patients get into this a state of flow so their body can uh, self-regulate and heal and do all the things that we um, want them to experience to live a life of um, purpose and passion and health. And so you've taught me a lot about the flow state. And so just as we dive in, um, what does it mean to you to be in the flow state? So, you know, it's funny when you were describing all that, I thought to myself, the experience of flow state is something I tried to, to experience exactly that for so many years. And I meditated and I read the books and I did the yoga and I went on the, the quiet, silent retreats. And it, I wasn't really experiencing what I would call a flow state. I was working really hard at trying to experience the flow state rather than just allowing the flow state to occur and, and realizing that all the bumps along the way can be part of that flow state, right? So for me, the flow state is allowing your your, not your mind, but your heart to lead you throughout your life and to know that whatever feels good is what I should do. And even if it shows up and it's a little weird or a little awkward, that there's a reason for it. And to just continue to work through that and go, okay, what am I learning from this? What am I present to? What am I aware of in this moment? Um, there's so many things from my car accident, you know, that happened 24 years ago that put me on the flow state in so many ways that I'm so thankful for when people would look back at that and go, what do you mean? You know, you, you were scalped, you lacerated your spleen and, and you had two compression vertebrae. How is that possibly in the flow state? Well, because I was conscious about the fact that I wanted to help change medicine. I wanted to find an answer to how I could not get cancer and not die from cancer if I got it and all, and how to prevent cancer, most importantly. So through that answer or through that question, rather, this answer shows up and it took a few years to unravel it and figure out that that was the answer. But the reality was that that car accident led me right into bioregulatory medicine. And, you know, we talked about it over the weekend, like, how do you prove what you prevent? How do you prove that we prevented all these desperate illnesses and chronic illnesses for people? And I would postulate that you and I should go through our client base and go, okay, let's do a statistical analysis of those outside of the ones that walk in with cancer. Who has cancer? Who gets cancer? I mean, the statistic in the typical world is one in two. I can guarantee you that is not our that is not our statistic in our centers. So, you know, the flow state is allowing your body to lead you, your heart to lead you, and then figuring it out with your mind, what that all means, rather than trying to figure it all out and then going, oh, does that settle in my heart? And so it's a very, it's coherence of heart and, and mind, yet it's the primary or priority one is the heart. Love it. Love it. And, you know, there's a couple of directions that we 
can go, but I want to bring it into, you know, when somebody walks into your office, right, and you're just, they come up, you know, with whatever chronic illness or whatever pathology or label that they have, and you um, have kind of a checklist that you go through that is very aligned with bioregulatory medicine that things um, really, uh, let's start in the physical body that keep people out of flow. So what, um, what are those things that you're looking at that you want to educate people today about? Number one is scars. <laughs> scars. <laughs> Did you know I was going to say that, Christine? <laughs> Had a hunch. <laughs> so scars, you know, I have a 12-inch scar on my head, as you know, and, and we find, both of us find that so, I'm speaking for you after being with you for many days and realizing how many people, even that were at these different uh, conferences, that scars are just missed and people think what it's an old scar or it's not that big of a scar or you know but scars affect your fascia and your fascia is the antenna so the fascia for those that don't know is the skin under our skin if if you're a carnivore and you've ever prepared chicken or turkey and you lift up the skin and you see that like cellophane like slimy stuff under the skin, that's your fascia. And that surrounds our entire being. You know, that's what actually holds all of us together under our skin is our fascia. And there's fascia from not just there, but all around our organs, around our joints and the scars get adhesions. I'm sorry, the fascia gets adhesions. Like if we overuse our shoulder, we can get adhesions and that can be a form of scarring. But the scarring I'm speaking of is the scarring on our actual skin that really interrupts that electrical circuit, body electric, that electrical circuit that runs underneath the skin that allows the communication of the body. I really, I don't know if science has proven this yet, but I firmly believe that the, um, or no, rather that the meridians are really in the fascia and it's this electrical panel essentially in our body. And when we have a scar, it creates a blockade, a detour, um, um, a dam of energy and information because that's what our body does. You know, the electric energy of the body is the information highway that runs through the fascia. And if there's a scar, then it interrupts that. And so by addressing the scars, that's the number one thing. It's just like looking if they have silver fillings or dental foci or amalgam fillings, not really silver, amalgam fillings, which are silver in color, but mislabeled as silver, or they have root canals or they have um, cavitations or osteonecritis. If they have some kind of dental blockade, that's not allowing their body to heal because every tooth in the body relates to the meridians. So if there's something in the teeth that's blocking the meridians from communication or a scar is blocking the meridians, then the body cannot self-regulate. And so we can do all the little tricks we have, whether it's orthomoleculars or homeopathics or different therapies to help upregulate, but we're working against ourselves a little bit, a lot, actually, if there's a scar or if there's a dental foci. So my number one thing is, do you have a dental foci? That's often not the easiest step where scars for me, it seems so easy. I mean, I don't address them exactly the same way you do because you have the license to inject, but we, we work with them in different ways to um, help open up the fascia. And so this weekend we were at a conference, just a quick little story, not the, the TMJ one. So this woman comes up to one of our colleagues and said to her, Hey, do you know a chiropractor that's here? Because I really need an adjustment. My TMJ is killing me. And I said, well, I'm not a chiropractor, but I'd be happy to help assist you because I'm very good with muscles and that kind of stuff. So I thought it would be muscular, but I sit her down 
And I first question, I said, oh, by the way, do you have a scar? And she goes, well, yeah, I just got scar seven months ago when I got a facelift right behind my ear. I go, oh, you mean the scars that are like three centimeters away from your TMJ? So mm-hmm. what we did was we just started opening up the scars, doing some myofascial releasing of her scars around her um, behind her ears where she just was sur- was surgically operated on seven months ago. And then I did a little bit of muscle integration with that fascia. It, I mean, how long was I there? Maybe seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And she was 90% better. She was like, oh my gosh, I think I can chew today. Cause all she was doing was drinking her food for the last 24 hours because she couldn't open her jaw. And it was the scar that was influencing that, that was dis allowing the communication of all the muscle fibers to be fire, you know, all the muscles to get their firing from the nervous system. And it's so simple. Now I'm not saying that's one and done. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to therapize those scars. And, you know, the first year I have a a big horseshoe on my head where I was scalped in the car accident and it literally crosses every meridian. There's not one. It misses. It starts here. It goes up. It goes all the way in the back. Check, 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 check every morning in the body. So I treated that scar probably, I'd say 10 times that first 12 months. And that was 17 years ago. I had my scar treated for the first time. And at that time, it was already, do the math, like seven or eight years old at that point. And when we treated the scar, I laid on my back for the first time and slept on my back for the first time ever. I was out of pain at that point, but I still had a lot of like princess and the pea problems, you know, like the littlest thing would throw my body off and I'd feel like, oh, my shoulders got a little itch in it or whatever, but I didn't have thoracic pain anymore, but it was muscular. That was the issue. Once I released that scar, the muscle pain started to alleviate. And so in the last 15, 17 years, that first year, 10 times, I probably treated it since then I treat it minimally once a year in all different ways from injections to fascia releasing to ozone injections in the scar to flow cream on the scar to uh, uh in the scar. Like there's a lot of different ways to treat it. And I just want to come after it from every single way, um, to make sure that that's reintegrated, um, into the fascia of the body. That's a very long-winded answer, Dr. <laughs> you covered so much. It was beautiful. And I, um, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And I want to, you know, I think we're both passionate about so many things, but you know, when we think about energy medicine, I think we always have to bring in the conversation around the fascia because the fascia, you know, through the work of um, Mei Wan Ho, the biophysicist who passed, she even saw that the collagen fibers um, mirrored the acupuncture meridian system. And, you know, the more that we dive into fascia and look at how it, you know, carries structured water in our body and carries light information and electrical information. And this is the realm of energy medicine. And so when you have a block um, in this uh, system, you can see how the communication network um, breaks down. So I think this was really uh, pertinent and I'm hoping if anyone's out there and haven't has not heard of how scars can affect their energy body and their energy system and their electrical energy um, that they have uh, so many tools now to think about. And really it's some of the most fun. It's a very simple technique, but very fun and rewarding, like how you just shared that story. And I always remember when I am doing these interviews, I um, injected someone's mole removal scar in their back and it, um, their heart palpitations went away afterwards. You just don't know how that kind of unfolding and unwinding of the body can create more flow and uh, more health. And so 
Um, the other part um, that you do so well, Kelly, is educate people on our other mutual passion about the lymphatic system. And I think the lymphatic system is a big, um, still very overlooked system in the body, something that we're very passionate about sharing. And can you just um, share this connection of um, how the lymphatic system helps us get into the flow state? So first of all, I just want to give Dr. Christine credit for being one of the very few, if not only, that really shouts out about the lymphatic as being the most underrated system in the body. And I agree that is one of the biggest things we connected on originally was understanding that the lymphatic system, which has, we have three times more lymph fluid in the body than we do blood. And we get so caught up in modern day medicine with what do my blood labs look like? What do my blood labs look like? And, you know, both of us do a lot of regulatory testing. I know you do a lot more labs than I do, um, but it's so important to look at the lymphatics. And for me, the contact regulation thermography that we both use was what brought my attention to that, looking at the thermodynamics of the body, looking at the regulation of the body from temperature perspective and seeing that literally a hundred percent of the clients, and I'm not exaggerating, have lymphatic stagnancy for the last 17 years that I've been testing on regulation testing until we do some work on it, until we do some work on it. Now, granted, our clients are walking in, they're not feeling well, but also that goes for athletes, that goes for practitioners that have been in this industry that don't know about the lymphatic, the importance of lymphatics in the terrain. So the lymphatics allow the body to move. It's a circulatory system. It's part of our circulatory system. So it allows the body to flow, haha, flow as long as it's thin, like water, like it should be instead of thick and, and viscous, like it can be by having toxicants, having um, EMF exposures, having tight fitting clothing, having improper foods, which creates acid. And our number one lymphatic stagnancy is stress, you know, and allowing the body to alleviate the stress often allows people to let go and lymph is about letting go. So breath is one of the greatest ways to move the lymphatics. And, you know, when things happen in our lives, it's, it's easy to just take a quick breath. And when we open up our diaphragm, we then then bring it back in. What happens is it pumps actually literally that muscular movement creates a, of a, 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 um, a wave of the muscle contraction and creates the lymphatic flow. And so we breathe all day long, yet not very consciously and often very shallowly up at our chest. When we shift that to a conscious breath and go deeper into the body, we're assisting the lymphatic flow tremendously. And, and that allows the energy of the, of the body to flow better because there's no blockade. I don't feel like I'm explaining this very well, but it's, it's so hard to, it's so simple, but it's hard to explain unless you've experienced it because by simply like, uh, I, by just manipulating your lymphatics a little bit, people often feel a whole shift. Oh my gosh, there's sensation in my head. I feel lighter. How'd that happen? Where'd it go? Well, it's moving. It's not out yet. You're going to pee it out, poop it out, breathe it out, sweat it out. But right now you've allowed that 
dam to be opened and let a little trickle of water to be shifting through the body now. And now it can circulate out the toxicants, the pathogens, the, the excess acids and so forth, and allow the nodes, the lymphatic nodes to do their work. And the nodes are like the transition stations or the the um, exits off of a highway, that that's where the body identifies what's going on in the lymphatic system, what's flowing through that lymphatic system. So it can identify, is this a toxicant? Is this a pathogen? Is this a nutrient? And do I need to circulate this back into the system or do I need to create a white blood cell to get rid of this and to excrete it out of the system? Because for me, as an organism on this in this realm of 2021 that we find ourselves in right now as we're doing this recording, I really believe that the job of as an organism on the physical planet is to make sure that we are moving out our toxicants faster than they're coming into us. And that is all about staying in the flow state, making sure that we excrete, we sweat, we pee, we poop. I do believe science will tell me eventually that I, that we were right, that it, the ovaries and the prostate are part of the lymphatic system. And so that we're also excreting the different things from our reproductive organs, whether that's blood or semen to make sure that we're letting go of all of our toxicants in, in an appropriate way on a cyclical way. And if you're a woman and menstruating, so it's really important to make sure those are working, but to back that up, it can happen so simply by wearing tight fitting clothes. Like, okay, we flew home last night and I was like, what? I mean, I fly all the time, two, three hours, but I don't typically take a five hour flight. And I had on tight jeans instead of, instead of my flowy pants that I normally have on when I fly, because when I sit for four or five hours and have on jeans, I do find that I get a little bloated. I get a little, like my legs tend to get a little more restless than when I wear my like yoga flowy pants. I don't feel that. And I got, and my feet swelled up a little bit. So before my husband came to pick me up, I just pumped my lymph a little bit, moved my body a little bit and allowed it to flow. And my ankles went down, but I was like, you know, I was in a rush. I was leaving the conference. I didn't have time to change my pants. And it was as simple as wearing pants that were a little tighter on a plane when my body was under literal pressure and it was at an elevated state. So there wasn't as much um, oxygen at that level. Right. And so it tends to close things up and, but it was like literally five minutes. I'm sure the people in the airport were like, what is the crazy lady doing over in the corner? She's like rubbing herself all over <laughs> her body, but I didn't care because I felt better after that. And that's, it's so simple to do. It's mm -hmm. so simple. And then you add the flow cream to it. Christine's amazing flow cream with the CBD. Oh my God, it's brilliant. And you can assist your flow just from that, you know, what, no matter where the stagnancy is and to be a applied to the scars again, just as a reminder, because mm -hmm. the scars will, you know, it's one thing to have silver fi amalgam fillings remediated from your mouth. They're gone. You got to work on the tissue of the body and all the leakage that that's occurred over the years that you've had them to remediate it from the tissues. But with a scar, you're always going to have that scar C-section scars. You're always going to have. So you got to make sure you're continually to address that. And if you get stressed or you're wearing something that might be limiting that exposure or you do something. I mean, I don't know what I could do. I could guess I could wear a wig. <laughs> I could wear a wig on my head and that might limit, you know, my, my scar on my head a little bit more, but was, oh, or hats. I don't really wear hats very often, but if I wore a hat all the time, it'd probably really 
impact my scar more frequently than if my scar was at a C-section where I'm wearing pants all the time, that probably has to be treated a little more often because it's going to be, it's going to be stressed a little bit more often, or I can just use my flow cream or, or move my lymph and allow my body to increase that flow. And you'll feel this, you'll experience this going back to full circle. When we started this, you can simply experience the flow state by assisting your lymphatics, opening up your fascia and, and feel it in your body. And that allows you to open your heart a little bit and allow you to feel your body a little bit. So it doesn't feel so stagnant. And you, and I feel you become more sensitive, not in a bad way, in a good way to what resonates and what does not resonate with your energy field. And by the way, I just have to say, you look like an angel with that painting behind you as you are an angel. You look like you've got this big halo behind you and it's so appropriate for this energy summit. Thank you. I thought this it's a sundial, but I think of it as a biofield, you know, in the, in the background. Um, well, thank you, Kelly. And I think, you know, I want to talk about the heart next, but while we're on lymph, you've mentioned and shown a couple motions and movements, and we want people to have, um, you know, tangible tools to take away from these conversations. So can you just walk us through the brief kind of lymph um, movements that you share with people. And then of course, we'll have your website. I know that you have this all written down um, sure. somewhere as well, but how do, how do we move our lymph? So the first and most important thing is that the, the end points of the lymph are right here above our clavicles, kind of at the line of our ears, right in the neck area. And that is the most important parts of the lymphatics because that's where they drain out. And so this is a gentle movement. It's not like you're massaging somebody's muscles. It's more like I'm going to the store. I'm looking for an avocado. I want to see which one's ripe. I'm going to push on it a little bit with this kind of motion with our fingers, we're gonna push on it just a little bit. And it's a pumping motion that we're gonna make in our lymphatics. So we find that the middle finger and the ring finger, we can we often apply a little less pressure with. So, and it's easier if you cross your arms. So you apply them to that location and then you simply just pump them. And the great thing about the lymph made in its in creation is that it only, it's a one-way valve. You cannot back flush your lymph. That is a misconception that I've heard numerous times from our clients that, oh, somebody in the lymph world told them that you can push the lymph in the opposite direction. No, you can't. It's a one-way valve that only goes one direction. So if you just assist the lymph by pumping it a little bit, you'll start to open up the exits and you have to open up the exits before you let all the traffic out right? So if you've got a room full of 500 people and everybody's standing at the exit, do I ask the 500th person in the back to start moving? Or do I ask the first person to walk out and through the door and then the second, third, fourth, and then everybody kind of just lends out the door and that's how the lymphatic moves. So we stimulate the lymph here at the, what we call the termini. There's one located um, on each side. And it's really interesting that on the one on the right, it drains the right side of the head the right breast and the right arm. The left drains the whole entire right side of the body, the whole other side of the body and the lower abdomen and the legs. Mm -hmm. There's a third point right in the middle of our um, abdomen, like below our rib cage, but before our belly button, about halfway, it's called the cisterna collie. And that's what I would call your third most important point. So if you don't do any other lymph points, you do your termini, pump a little bit, and then you go to your cisterna and you just pump it a little bit. And this is a, like a little, again, just pushing, pumping a little bit up. 
And then that will drain up to our left thoracic. And that is the, it's not really a node, it's, it's in an empty diluted sac that fills up, that drains from the legs, from the inguinals, from the abdomen. The abdomen is where we have about 50% of our lymphatic vessels and nodes. And then they drain up to that cisterna and then the cisterna drains up to the node, so to the left thoracic node. So we wanna make sure that those exits are really flowing. And it's funny because this morning my son had to decorate our whole house for Halloween and we had to get out in the attic and I started to feel like the dust from all that stuff. And just as we did that, I literally just felt my sinuses clear from doing those three little pumps. Oh, nice. That's funny. So those are the most important part. After that, I do recommend the tonsils are next. So the tonsils are just below the ear, um, underneath the jaw. And you're just, again, gently pumping gently pumping and you can pump both at the same time. And this is great to do with kids too. You know, kids, whether um, they go to school or they're homeschooled, now is the time to enhance our immune system and get the energy flow of the body to really boost that immune system, which I would argue is in the lymphatics and the lymphatics, um, the gatekeepers, if you will, to the lymphatics are the tonsils. And I know Dr. Christine treats the tonsils a lot because they often create an interference field for folks and they really assist the body to drain the brain. And who is a better expert at that? Nobody, the Dr. Christine Schaffner and draining the brain is so key because that's running our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, the brain, the spinal cord, the cerebral spinal fluid is dependent upon getting those toxicants, those pathogens and, and all the nutrients as well to circulate. And that's often done through the lymphatics. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's such an underrated system. Again, it's a circulatory system and it goes from our head to our toes. And we need to pay more attention to our fascia and our lymph for flow because flow in my world stands for fascia, lymph, optimize your wellness. When your fascia is open, your lymph flows, you can optimize your wellness very easily. And I find when you do that, all you really need is some minerals until Dr. Zach Bush helps us all cure up our agro farming. But until that point, we, we really need to remineralize and, and your lymph needs minerals. It, it needs electrolytes. It needs um, to potentiate the cell so it can do its action. And you, we filter through our kidneys, 250 liters of fluid a day. I find the kidneys so amazing. The liver and the kidneys and the lymph are drainage champions. You know, the liver has 500 jobs. We have three times more lymph fluid than we do blood and the kidneys drain two or filter 250 liters of fluid a day. That is an intense amount of fluid. And they all work together to make sure that the body's filtering is clean so that whatever comes into it, we can move out. You know, it's the time in the Northeast now that we're taking fans out of windows and, you know, and we're closing up the house. And I'm always like, no, let's keep the windows open because yeah. I like to have fresh air all the time. And and I know I live in a dusty area because I live right next to a quarry, a stone quarry. So we are filtering out through our air all the time because I don't want to take the filter on myself. I don't want to have my lungs have to deal with all that dust. So we have filtered fans in all of our windows to make sure that my lungs don't have to do the work. But that's our whole world. You go outside and breathe and you're getting aluminum in the air. You're getting mercury in the air. Depending on where you live, it's more concentrated than others. 
here in Pennsylvania, we get the third highest level of airborne mercury in the whole country. Woohoo! What an award. So we got to make sure our filter system is working because we can live the most organic, clean lifestyle, drinking great structured water and, and having joy in our life, yet we're still having to clean our filters because it is an assault in the soup currently that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for giving us those tips and tools. And um, we have someone also speaking, Dr. Melanie Smith on the vagus nerve. And you know, when you touch these points, I always think that one way to optimize your vagus nerve is not only the all the information we shared, but also moving the lymph around the nerve. And there's a huge you know, branch of the nerve um, on both sides of the neck. So I just wanted to tie that in. And um, Kelly, I want us, as we're wrapping up the interview for kind of this um, last pearl about what you do, I really want to talk about the heart. And we can't think about the biofield or our electromagnetic nature or energy medicine without a conversation about the heart. Um, so can you share your understanding and how you work uh, with the heart to help people improve their flow? Mm, thank you. So back to the experiential conversation. So with the 22 years that I studied all of this and and lived it and breathed it, I kept waiting for when am I going to see the wizard behind the curtain? And when I got an opportunity to meet Rasmus Gaubergenhausen, who is a gentleman that worked with Master Omoto, the water crystal champion that really taught us so much through all his best-selling books that when we speak to water, we're changing its crystallization. So if we speak kind words, it makes a beautiful geometric pattern and it's beautiful in its spatial orientation. If we speak ugly words to it, it looks distorted and ugly. It's very, very fascinating work. Well, through that, you know, we've really gone a whole nother dimension with that to the fifth dimension, I would say of water and the phases of water and understanding the different phases of water and how to structure water. And Rasmus worked with Emoto for 17 years and was really as a scientist wanted this to be a duplicatable experiment and found that not often, it, it wasn't just hundred percent all the time that people could make beautiful water crystals with their mind because of the intention behind that. But he did find that when their frequency of their heart, our heart is our electromagnetic field generator and receiver. That is our, our, our satellite dish that connects us all that reads us all, you know, we're only conscious of about 10% of the communication that happens um, on a daily basis. Yet, if you really tap into it, you can become bigger awareness and consciousness of that. But most of us walk into a room and you just feel, oh, I want to go talk to that person. I don't want to talk to that person. And that's coming from your heart and the resonance of your heart to another person's heart. And you're never in your life going to be more resonant with anybody other than yourself. In, in that way, because you are you and you love you more than anybody, or ideally that is the goal of true healing is that you can appreciate yourself when, and it's like looking in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, you want to see yourself, you want to see all of it and just appreciate it for wherever it's at. And that is true, unconditional love and resonance and the heart rate variability, which we know so well from bioregulatory medicine and regulatory testing is a way to look at our sympathetic and our parasympathetic. What Rasmus figured out was then when he converts that heart rate variability, that measurable frequency that's being um, generated from our heart, that every single heartbeat is a frequency measurement that is 
completely unique to any other heartbeat in your entire life. So interesting. When you convert that back into light and sound, because we can't hear our heartbeat unless we have a stethoscope, but when we convert that into sound and convert that sound into harps or into waves or bird singing or some other landscape sound or some other musical instrument at the same frequency measurement as that heartbeat, you resonate with that as well as the light frequency. So this becomes tangible at some level for us to feel, experience our own vibe. And we begin to resonate with ourselves. And when we resonate with ourselves, we begin to really allow ourselves to climb the ladder of consciousness and to really structure our internal water and allow ourselves to stay in that flow state. So we both have a flow prezzo that we use to help people tap into who they are a little bit and to be present with themselves and to really be in that parasympathetic mode that as you move your lymph, your vagal nerve is helping you get into that parasympathetic state, allowing your lymph to flow better. And then we both like to then put them right into sound of soul to help them experience their own heart and to help open up their heart to themselves. And oftentimes that might be crying or that might be joy and ecstasy or anything in the middle, but it's a matter of, there's no judgments. It's just meeting yourself. Like I showed you my before picture from 1997. And when I flew to Scottsdale, Arizona, where we just spent a few days and on the plane there, when I was working on my slides and reminded myself of this picture, I look older then than I do now. I look if I, when I looked in the mirror, then I saw a sad, angry person with horrible acne and allergies and a bulbous nose that she could never um, get right and shoulders that were different heights. And I saw the pain in my face and the sadness for my father's death. And that's what I saw when I look in the mirror. And I'm sure if I had the capacity to do a son of soul, then it would have made me cry years mm -hmm. later. I look in the mirror and I'm blown away at my skin color at the uniformity of my eyes that used to be off shifted at the, the glow of my skin. And I'm not like self-promoting. I'm just saying this comes because of how I live my life, that the flow comes outside of me. I've had one of my friends that I've known since I was five, ask me if I had plastic surgery. <laughs> and I was like, Chris, you know me better than to know that I would ever get they will, I wouldn't let them surgically operate on my spleen. You think I'm going to, that was bleeding. You think I'm going to let them operate on my face. You're crazy. But it was a matter of that. My, I changed from the inside out and it started to reflect on the outside. And that's what sound of soul is about. It, we reflect from the inside out. We reflect our frequency. And now when I did sound of soul, when I was exposed to it, I never in my life had felt so much compassion and joy and love and connection to everything and everybody and every living, breathing thing on the planet, because that is how I really feel. I really, truly feel blessed every single day of my life and honored to be able to help people find access to their own innate intelligence by removing those blockades to healing the scars and the dental foci, allowing them to really live in this incredible flow state that you don't feel time and space when you're in the flow state. You don't feel it doesn't matter what happens because you're in the flow state and it's just like, yeah, whatever the sky's falling and yeah, but look at me. I'm happy. It's all good. I've got love in my life and I've got connection to people and oh, the sky's falling. Oh, by the way. Ah. 
<laughs> Love that. No, and thank you for that um, really elegant explanation about the heart. And we have um, Dr. Roland McCready on uh, the Shift Network uh, Summit as well. And he does a lot of work for Shift. And um, I love his research that really what you're sharing is, you know, he's doing the research also to support uh, the findings of how our heart, you know, really not only regulates our own field, but connects us to others and to the earth. And I think that's really a huge um, guiding light for us to follow during, you know, these uncertain times and during this um, time when we're also trying to help our uh, patients really heal and navigate the complexities of um, their physical body. So, um, so no, I definitely value and honor that. And being in um, Arizona with you um, and leading our retreat and being with you for, you know, a few conferences, you know, I, I really felt that we were in that, um, we were practicing that state together. And it was just amazing to see um, yeah, how each day unfolded with that love and gratitude that we um, intentionally cultivated every day. So I'm, I'm a big, I'm a believer, and we hope that um, anyone who's listening can just really um, connect with not only understanding your fascia, but your lymphatics and uh, your heart. And that's really where true health and healing come from. Well, thank you so much, not only for your friendship and your incredible wisdom that you always have. We, we think she's like the owl of this world of this medicine. It's like she practices and lives the owl medicine. She's the con constant wisdom that shines a light on all of us. And I know that anybody listening to this feels the exact same way. And we are so appreciative of your work and continuing to help people shift into the flow state and allowing that, excuse the pun, she loves puns. <laughs> <laughs> but um I really appreciate you. I appreciate you um so much, Christine, and, and all the work you do and the ability for me to share with so many people. Um, and I pray that all of you do this. Don't just listen to this, like do this actionable step, move your lymph and feel how that feels and just do more and more of it and enjoy the magic carpet ride we get to live on in the flow state. Definitely. Well, so much love and gratitude. And if you want to just share with everybody where they can find out more about your work, and I know that you have um, some free information to guide people on how to do those practices. So just let people know how to learn more. So they can go to not meds global n-o-t-m-e-d-s global.com and that is the digital platform for what we do where we have our podcast the beats with kelly kenny because it's all about the heart beats with kelly kenny from our heart to yours so i have a weekly podcast but there we also have um, when you sign up for our newsletter you receive a free pdf to demonstrate all the lymphatic movements and there's videos on there as well that show you how to properly dry brush as well as how to properly stimulate your lymphatic nodes um, in the simple way, not in a practitioner way. We do have classes for practitioners that wanna learn that where I teach node release technique for the lymphatic system and we give CEUs for that. That's all accessible on Not Meds Global, as well as the two pieces of equipment I represent, Sound of Soul and Flow Prezo are also there. And then our brick and mortar practice in Pennsylvania and in South Carolina are um, on thetruewellnesscenter.com the true t-r-u-e wellness center.com where you can find my husband and myself and all of our practitioners where we work on a daily basis with all of this flow state to help you experience it and help remove your blockades 
Thank you, Kelly. It's always lovely to connect with you. And for everyone who's listening, please check out all of the information. And from both of our hearts, we hope this was um, completely um, empowering and helpful. So thank you. Thank you.